Hey! How's it going? That's going great. Welcome to the front porch. Yes! I think. Are we are we on the front porch yet? Heather? Welcome you, to the Front Porch Theology Podcast. <laughs> this is Heather, your host, and I'm here with... Oh, I'm Jeremy again! And I'm Will again. <laughs> Heather's having a tough time getting started today. It's because she's, kind of, she's kind of in a bad mood. Drink up that coffee. Oh, golly. I, I don't like... I don't know what happened before I got here. I, I should be the one in the bad mood. You sent me all over the place to get two sodas. I had to go by the bed. Not you. Well did. She wanted coffee. I wanted coffee. Did I get coffee? Did you put on their coffee? Yeah, I did. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. Could you open it up? I want to see. Yeah, I got it pulled up right here. Oh, I didn't see the yeah, coffee. I texted you and said uh, I wanted a pop. And You uh, sent it a separate text then? Yeah, I said I want a pop, Dr. Pepper or Coke. And then you said diet or regular. I said regular, and I said Heather would like a coffee too with you cream. Wait, you didn't put that, did you? And then you put two gifs. Oh, of I didn't like, see that of I, me being gross. Right. And then I said and Baker wants a buy drink. So I put is. the two gifs and did not see the Heather thing. So you got Baker's weird water because that came at the end. And you got two sodas, and you just threw yeah. one at me and said, "Here, I hope you like this." Well, yeah, because right. I got you, you didn't something. get me coffee because I didn't see the text. I like coffee. So I was trying you like to coffee, like so subtly. I, I, mean, I want coffee. So I was like, Heather, we have a Keurig. You can make coffee. I was trying to subtly do it because so, obviously you missed it. So when it. she said, where's my coffee? I thought she was kidding. I didn't know. So you're you wondering why coffee. she's in such a bad mood is because she clearly requested coffee and you ignored it. I, I, I am so sorry. I did not know. But you had said, I thought earlier before I got here, that she was in a bad <laughs> mood before that. Uh, that was between you and me. Oh, that okay. wasn't supposed <laughs> to. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, man. But it's good to be back on the podcast. It's been a minute. It is. It is. It's been about a month, I believe. More than a minute. It's lots of minutes. Well, COVID <laughs> and thousand. vacations and yeah. technical difficulties. Yeah. You remember yeah. that one, Jeremy? We tried to record a podcast and it, it didn't work. Well. I remember, too. No, I remember. I think there's yeah. a meme somewhere that I made. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah my, Saving it for a rainy I lost, day. I lost my temper a litter. A little. A litter. A litter. He so, lost his temper. So, what we learned is that Jeremy's not very good with technology, no, but what he is all. great at. <laughs> not at all. What we have learned recently that Jeremy's really, really good at dancing. Is dancing. Yeah. Let's You've talk about become that. an internet sensation. Yeah. I mean, a whole hundred people. TikTok, no way. Deal. There's more than no, there's more people, than that. People have shared it, and oh, th- yeah? thousands of people have watched it now. Yeah. Well, so so I so I know that you are somewhat kidding, but I no, I actually no, I'm not, not kidding. I'm not. I took I took dance and was what? Yeah, I was like, in what many, kind of dance? Um, jazz. I I in, in tap, and so I've I've been in. No wonder he was so good. A at that multitude. TikTok. I've been on multitude of plays. I'm being dead serious. I was uh I was Danny in Greece. Yeah. What? Yeah, I mean, totally serious. <laughs> Did somebody record it? Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure it's out there somewhere. I was in the Music Man. Yeah. Music Man. It has our tick, your TikTok uh, yeah. sensation dance where you're the star in the center. Yeah. Has uh, 2.7 thousand <gasps> views. Two what? points on. T- what and that? I'm going to share like, it. Yeah. I'm getting ready to share it right yeah. now. Are too. You share it now. So no, I'm just kidding. I've never been a dancer of any sorts. Have done anything like that. I, I I did try when I was in middle school. I did try to go out for uh for the Music Man. Yeah. And I had so little talent. That uh, all I did is I helped carry across a pool table, and I was a bush also in the back. Uh, but but I told my friends that I was the music man, and yeah. one of my friends' mom ran the local paper. And this was in the next county over. And so it was in the newspaper that I was, in fact, the music man. Oh, wow. And uh, so my lie got published. 
And so I do have that saying that, that Jeremy Barry yeah. is the music man. <laughs> well, that's about as close as I got to anything on stage. We need to go back to whoever cast that and yeah. uh, show them this TikTok video. Yeah, this is what you missed out on. Yeah. Yeah. This is what it could have been. Absolutely. Oh, man. Instead, you put this guy. I just believed all your loss too. I'm really disappointed. I'm, I'm sorry. Disappointed. I know. Uh, I was so I told you an alternate reality of what I've always wanted. Is that what you? I've so wanted quit to your be day job and just go for it in the theater. Well, have you got you could lose? be an influencer on like Instagram and TikTok and <laughs> you um, them with make with. money, you know, through advertising you and can. stuff. So I just learned what TikTok was, right? So I was very confused. I thought it was a. Co- I thought the he dancing was, so was a competition. C- he was so clueless. I know. Yeah, I thought, he was like. <laughs> so we were like, hey, as the church staff, let's do this TikTok video. We were gonna do a simple TikTok dance on our staff retreat, um, like just for fun. And and Jeremy keeps asking, like, what do you win? Like, like he's like wanting a prize. I'm like, don't win anything. He thought it was tic tac toe. He was confused. Yeah. I thought it was like a competition. I don't know. I, I was. I'm very. I thought it was like a confused. sweepstakes or something. I'm still confused why people get on there and watch it. I guess. But but you know what? I, maybe I get it because your family did some and they were absolutely adorable. Well, thanks. Yeah. I mean, yeah. have you watched this one? I mean, I, I, I was there. But have you <laughs> like looked it. at your face? Yeah, I mean, like I knew I mean, what I was doing. Amazing. I knew what I was doing. I just, I don't know. It's my face. So I like, see it all I've, the time. I've watched it several times, like, and I watched everybody's movements. Yeah, like you were spot on the whole time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Baker struggled a little, a little, <laughs> a little with his steps. It's okay, Baker. So you a friend, can't be good a at friend asked me the other day, "Why were you wearing a mask during the TikTok dance?" And I was like, "Well, the reason I was wearing a mask was because I was counting the whole time." Yeah. I was keeping everybody oh, on time. Want- I was oh, like gotcha. the I was like the uh, like the drum major yeah, so of a band. Yeah. Had your face covered so yeah. they could. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, That's pretty four. impressive. We had a lot of looks. There were people driving by while we were doing that. <laughs> like some people stopped and just stared at us, and some people like honked their horns. And that's awesome. It only took us six takes, though. I think maybe seven. That's six not or bad. seven takes. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't as hard as I expected. Jeremy's great skills helped. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> I missed it though. I missed one of them. I was the one that messed up. <laughs> but I think it was. I, I think it was great that you missed one of the moves because instead of instead of doing the nod, yeah, <laughs> instead of doing the move, you just <laughs> nodded emphatically. Your eyebrows are so expressive too. Like your facial, it was great. I just, I'm still blown away by it. So it's like everyone just forgave that you totally missed right. one of the dance moves see, because you just nodded. Because I just. Yeah. yeah, good job. What well, helps if it's in the middle too? Well, yeah, all yeah. your backup dancers hit it. That's what and it was. So it's like you were just like <laughs> you were just like Whitney Houston in the middle, like just doing your thing. <laughs> <It's> funny. <laughs> did you hear our references? You said Whitney Houston, I said Beyonce. I don't think Whitney did. Whitney Houston have backup dancers? Uh, probably. I don't. I, don't I never she looked. She should under. <laughs> so, Whitney didn't need backup. So I was dancers. I was watching a bracket. Uh, recently, they were talking about the greatest uh, female vocalist, and it came down to Whitney Houston and Adele. Who do you think is, between oh, those two? Oh, Whitney Houston. Oh, okay. It's so hard because it's yeah. such different styles of music. Right. I mean, I know the answer. Adele's I know the best Adele, one. Adele right? won, Whitney. but yeah. it should have been Whitney Houston. Yes. I agree. I think Whitney Houston's a better, a better vocalist. Yeah. I think she's incredible. Whitney Houston's amazing. <sighs> Rest, Rest in, in peace. peace. Yeah. <laughs> we're not laughing because she's dead we're just no, laughing because that would be horrible yeah okay so um so you all both had vacations while we were gone mm-hmm. hopefully came back rested yeah um, yeah i did i mean i was gone i felt like i was gone for a long time you were i texted you many times and yeah. um yeah sorry yeah. about that i said probably not I, so i turn off nice my phone. things i keep my phone um, off because he is not a very good communicator 
Mm-mm. even when his phone is on. That's so. true. That's true as well. It doesn't really matter whether I'm on vacation or not. Doesn't. Doesn't give a. Nope. So you difference. know, here's the funny thing. I I have like if if I look at my phone, I probably have like 43 unanswered texts, and the reason why I I end up answering them, but typically it's a room. I don't like open two a weeks text. later. No, no, no. Typically I open. Yeah, because that's how you answer mine. I'm trying to explain it. I'm trying to explain it. Typically I, I don't open a text, and that's a reminder that I have to answer it. What happened with yours is I opened it and, and couldn't respond immediately, and then I forgot about the the text. Okay. So so that that that's what happened. That's why when people look at it, they're like, "Whoa, you have so many unanswered texts." I'm like, "Yeah, but they will all be answered within the next forty eight hours." It's well, just I wish I, I could forgive you, but I can't. So. <laughs> Doesn't matter what, what reason it was. So. It's it's not, it's not acceptable. All right. So while you all while we've kind of been missing from the podcast, we've been working our way through the Book of Mark on Sunday mornings. Um, Jeremy, you've been doing a really good job. Oh, thanks. I've enjoyed your preaching the last few weeks. Well, I appreciate that. Wow. Yeah. I'm just saying that this might be like the first time ever, so I needed to compliment him. Just <laughs> oh, leave me out here. <laughs> I've been well, working really hard on these sermons. Well, you know, it, listen, you get compliments from her all the time. Like, I, like this is this is this is far between. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> no. Um, but no, you did really. You've done really well the last few I times. It. Um, I've enjoyed it. I haven't had to mute you. Um, I just read the scripture on the bottom. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I've really enjoyed the book of Mark, and I was. Um, I guess I. You know, I think we talked about this a while back. Um, I didn't know that you guys were going to do the book of Mark, so I was super excited about it just because um, it's a gospel that I think is probably overlooked a lot, just because um, mm-hmm. it kind of recounts a lot of the different stories um, that are taken out of the other gospels. So. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Mark today, and I wanted to kind of talk to you about some of the themes that we've, you all have made it to chapter two, um, I think verses one through 12, um, this past Sunday. So, um, but I wanted to ask you guys some questions, um, that Jeremy had, uh, given me, uh, hopefully for, from people and not yeah. from you. Yeah. Well, some of them for people, some of it is from, uh, kind of like we were doing with Leviticus overtime. Yeah. Um, trying to like some things that probably don't make it into the sermon that, um, for a, a variety of reasons. Uh, one of them I know Will talked about. Uh, I, I didn't I didn't put it in mind, but there's there's some depth to some things. Which they just don't they just don't fit into the sermon too well. So so uh, yeah, I have to ask since you were the one who submitted the questions. Yeah. Are these things that you're just like overly passionate about that you like yeah. want to force me to nope. let you open the door to have conversation about? No, in fact, the one I'm most passionate about, I, I didn't put it on here. Why not? I mean, I, I plan on talking about it, but but uh, okay. uh, yeah, the, no, the the two that the two that I submitted, um, I think are, are interesting questions and, yeah. and something unique about Mark. But uh, no, the, the we can get to the other, the, maybe the third one. So okay. we do we do sermon prep together every week, yeah. and it, there's always stuff that comes up. It's like, yeah, we we only have a limited amount so of time. time yeah. You know, you can't unpack everything. Yeah. Um, you can't exhaust the text. Like it's the yeah. Bible. It's the living word. And so there's a lot more in there than we put, you know, the direction of the sermon. And so some things are just kind of off offshoots from the direction we want to go. Yeah. And so that's kind of what makes it to either a podcast or a blog or something like that. Who writes the blogs? Uh, Jeremy's wrote a couple. Oh, he, if, that's why if I, I read them. If I write, write, if I write them, <laughs> then he typically edits them because nor my my... <laughs> Grammar is. I didn't know that you re- do. You really have you really written blogs before? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, okay. we've released a few during Maybe uh, I need to. during COVID. No, it's okay. That that hurt a little bit. That stung <laughs> a little bit. Ouch. <laughs> That's somebody else wrote them. So, 
Um, yeah. Okay, so I'll get to the first question. Um, why does Jesus call himself the Son of Man? Yeah, so so uh, so this is a title. Is this, the, is this the one that I talked about a little bit? That you, yeah, you, yeah, you talked out? about this. Okay, I, I didn't say yeah. much about it other than this is a title. It's actually referencing uh, it's referencing Daniel. Right, we talked about this in Daniel seven, I believe. Mm-hmm. The, this idea that the Son of Man, who is the Messiah, is is going to uh, come. Who preached Daniel seven? Um, I don't remember. One moment, and I'll yeah. tell you. Yeah, so so this so. Daniel, so okay, let's well, let's just maybe we can. Jabe's. Jabe's. Oh, J- J- uh, Jeremy did okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So what 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 do we see in Daniel seven as it pertains to uh, the Son of Man? His uh, character. How do you remember that? Yeah, you Sorry, re- you receive it's a it's a lengthy prophetic chapter. Yeah. Um, that's that's telling that's telling the the immediate future and then, um, it's four beasts, so the the four empires that are going to come and reign. And then it has um, some implications for the end of all things as well, the return um, to, to establish the kingdom. But it comes from um, verse, uh, let's see, verse 9. It says, The Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was white as snow. Hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was fiery flames. Its wheels were burning fire. And so you have this, um, this, this vision of... Uh, of of Jesus that Daniel sees. Are you pulling up TikTok? Yeah. So while you're talking about this, she's like, you know what? I'm bored. I'm I'm this. I'm going to TikTok. Yeah. So okay. So so the verse su- thirteen. The yeah, Son I'm of so Man sorry. is given dominion. It says he he sees in the night visions and behold the clouds of heaven and there came one like a Son of Man and he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom. That all peoples, nations, and language should, should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, and so basically, it's showing that the Messiah is the King of of this kingdom, no. and he, his title that is given is the Son of Man. So it's interesting, right? So there, there is this: Jesus is claiming to be this figure, yeah, right? Yeah. This mm-hmm. this messianic figure. Uh, yeah, he, he's he's in essence when he when he announces his ministry, he's in essence by calling himself the Son of Man, he's saying, "I am the one." From the Old Testament, who is establishing an everlasting kingdom? Yeah, it's so fascinating. It's a bold claim. It is. So, so, and that maybe not. Not that we have to go down this rabbit trail, but did he establish his kingdom, or is his kingdom to come? Both. Both. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's certain um, that it that it is coming. Yeah. It's already, and and that and and that its defeat. Of, of Satan and darkness is is final on the cross. The work has already been done, um, but yet in God's sovereign plan, um, sin and Satan are still allowed to to reign right now. Yeah, and so and it's that, an all, we call we call it already not yet often. Yeah, yeah. So so uh, maybe another perspective is is some might emphasize that the kingdom is here via the church. Mm-hmm. So the church is the kingdom on earth, and that it will. Yeah, I love to describe it as um, how how can we see the kingdom of God? Yeah, um, we see it by looking into the church. Yeah, that yeah. that that we get a preview of what the kingdom will be in eternity by looking into the church now. So you see uh, needs being met in the church. That's how it'll mm-hmm. be in eternity. Needs are going to be met. Um, you see brotherly love in the church. You see worship in the church. Like those are things that are previews of what eternity will be like. And stuff that we don't like in the church, that will be purged. Yes, it, it will be. be. The, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thankfully. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, the Son of Man is is it's a, so it's interesting because he you, Mark Jesus uses this term uh, in Mark 
um, more than any other gospel. Yeah. And he references it a lot of times when he is serving or suffering, which I think is really fascinating. And he's the only person who uses the, the title. Yeah. Nobody else, nobody calls Jesus the Son of Man. It's yeah. just he refers to himself as that. And I think it's interesting because you see people around him affirm titles like Son of God, Lord, Messiah, Christ, Master, um, those types of things. King of the Jews, King of Kings. Um, but Jesus chooses the title Son of Man, and I think I think what it is is God is emphasizing that He has become human to save us. So mm-hmm. Jesus is is God in the flesh, and He's emphasizing that He has become man so that He can save man. Yeah. Um, so so for man to be fully saved, we needed a full man to save us. And then when you have um, when you have the authors of Scripture writing, they're affirming his messiahship, and even the interactions with him while he's on earth, uh, people directly ask him at times, you know, are you the Christ? And he says, yes, like the woman at the well. He says, yeah. the one the one you speak of, the messiah, I am he. I'm right here. Um, but he didn't he didn't tend to use that title when he was teaching because it would have it would have caused like mass political sure. chaos, sure. right? That that the view was that the Messiah was going to be a, a military warrior who would overthrow yeah. the tyrants of Rome. And so uh, for him to in his sermons say, Well, I'm the Messiah would have would have just caused just absolute chaos but to reign. You can see why his disciples thought, Oh, this is the Son of Man. This is why there's gonna be an earthly kingdom. Mm-hmm. Right? The, yeah. the, that expectation right. because they understood Daniel. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, th- th- this was a title that would have that would have where I think, uh, sadly, I think m- much of the church today may have may, may have not seen the significance in that title that it's tied to a kingdom, it's tied it's tied to a messiah. Um, they they understood exactly what that meant. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just, I think an interesting uh, something interesting that Mark uses more than any. And I'm, I'm curious why why you think maybe Mark emphasizes that more than the rest of the the other gospels. Um, well, Mark has a has a um, he's a storyteller, so most of most of Mark's narrative centers on things Jesus did, yeah. and Son of Man is a is a service title. It's it's right. a, he's a servant king, and um, and so the servant king is doing things that are serving mankind to yeah. to save mankind. Um, he didn't come to be served, but he came to serve, and so I think that focus from Mark lends itself to. Him focusing on the times that Jesus specifically mm-hmm. spoke up and said, "You know, I am the Son of Man, and here's what I've come to do." Hence, why he uses that when he is suffering or serving. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah it has implications too from Isaiah, uh, the the passages of about the suffering servant, right. Messiah. Um, Jesus Jesus alludes and points and and puts himself in that prophecy as well as a fulfillment of that, and um, and so. You know, Isaiah uses the the term "son of man" as well, and so mm-hmm. Jesus is pointing back to passages like that um, that he is a suffering servant. Yeah. Rock on. So this second question is the one uh, it was actually asked to me. Okay. I, th- I thought this was a really interesting one. Okay. So the question is: How are sins forgiven before the death of Jesus if we are saved by his life, death, and resurrection? So I thought this was a really good question. Yeah. So this was this is out of uh, the text today, right? Or the last this past Sunday, which was um, he says, you know, son, your sins are forgiven. And so the question is like, wait a minute, whoa, 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 whoa. How can his sins be forgiven if if we if he, if our sins are forgiven on the cross? Um, now, so. Paul actually speaks to this um, uh, in, in the sense that uh, Romans 4, right? He talks about um, how were people saved before the Mosaic Law. Because some people would say, oh, well, you're saved by, by the law. 
So what Paul does say, okay, well, before there was a law, let's say with uh, Abraham, right? How was Abraham saved? And he, in, in Romans 4, he says he's justified by faith. So that, when I, when I was talking to the individual, that, that kind of answered the question for them, but they weren't quite satisfied of, okay, I'm justified by faith, but are they saved? <laughs> like, I, again, how is it that, that people in the Old Testament were saved if salvation comes through the death of Jesus? When so, he hadn't died yet. Yeah, when he hadn't died yet. And so, so this is where I explained um, this concept of Abraham's bosom, um, two sides of Sheol. So maybe, maybe we can jump into that a little bit. Yeah, so, I mean, Abraham's bosom um, is, a, is a term that was used to describe this, this blissful place um, in the realm of the dead, or, or yeah. Sheol, or Hades in Greek. Um, and, and so, yeah, there's kind of like a uh, an afterlife holding place until, until Jesus would accomplish his work. And so all those who had faith in God and the promises of God— so there's a key theme in the Old Testament of God's promises, that those who believe his promises are his children. And they're, they're his children because they, they have faith to believe in his promises. Um, this goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden and what theologians call the Proto-Euangelion, which is the first gospel. Um, that first gospel comes in Genesis 3.15 where God says uh, to Eve and the serpent that, um, that an offspring is going to come and the offspring of the woman uh, or the son of man, if you will, is going to um, is going to crush the head of the serpent. Although his heel would be bruised by the serpent, he would ultimately crush his head. He, he's saying that Satan is going to be defeated by this son of man. Um, that's that's foretelling of a Messiah, of a Savior that's going to come. And so Adam and Eve, as they put their faith in that offspring that would one day come, that son of man, um, are are seen as just. Same with Abraham. They're seen as just because he believes God's promises, that God is going to send a Savior. All of the Old Testament foreshadows and foretells and, and brings this longing to uh, sinful people that they need a Savior. Um, those in the Old Testament who died trusting God's promises, although they didn't quite realize how it would happen, are, are ushered into what's known as Abraham's bosom, this kind yeah. of holding place until Jesus would actually ransom them and actually make the payment. When he makes the payment um, and, he, and he is buried, he's in the tomb, um, the Bible makes it clear that, that he goes and he, he literally takes them from Abraham's bosom, the Sheol, and he, and he takes them to be with him yeah. for, for the, rest of, the rest of time. Yeah, so it's it's their faith was just justified them, um, and therefore they were in a waiting place where they surely would be with the Lord in glory. Um, but in the sense of uh, uh, they were they were awaiting for their debt to be paid. Mm-hmm. It maybe is the best way to put it, right? Yeah. Um, whereas, uh, and so this opened up a really interesting question because when we talked about the the, the bad side of Sheol, right, the west side, um, <laughs> there there was this. Uh, you know, the thought is, okay, where are they out now? And and he thought it was so fascinating because I said, no, uh, hell has not been opened up yet. Right. And I think that kind of I, that that kind of took him back a little bit because he's like, oh, I thought when unbelievers died they went to hell. And I'm like, well, they just as surely as the man who was justified by faith was going into heaven, those who die will surely go into hell when Jesus returns. Mm-hmm. Um, like there isn't like you're down there on the west side of the the bad side of Sheol going. Oh, well, maybe if I can, when Jesus comes down here, maybe I can you know, talk him in. Chance, yeah. yeah, right. It's right. that's it. It's so um, it's a place of torment, and where they will be cast into this this lake of fire that that is described. Yeah. So it, I, I think I think what set him back is this, like, oh, I thought so. Hell isn't a thing yet, and I'm like, yeah, not not yet. Yeah, it's described as the lake of fire, the final right. eternal tormenting place 
that that is that does not result in death or annihilation. Um, but but what Sheol is or Hades is right now is similar to right. that. It's a place of torment. Right. Yeah. So in a sense, yes, but but in its final state, no. Yeah, we're not there yet. But yeah, I, I think what's beautiful about it is you see the sovereignty of Jesus to forgive is is on Jesus. So anyone who's saved, sure. it's not saved because they just made a good decision. They're saved because Jesus saved them. Right. Um. In his in his you know eternal knowledge and grace and sovereign choice and um and the same with this paralytic in Mark two is is he says, son, your sins are forgiven. He doesn't ask him, do you want to be forgiven? The 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 man came right. to him to be able to walk. And Jesus doesn't say, "Well, I can make you walk, but do you want you want you want your sins forgiven too?" No, yeah. he just he just declares it. Your sins are forgiven. You're Dude, part of this family now. My favorite part of that whole passage is the is what happens at the end, right? When he says, "What's easier for me to do?" Right. I think I think that was so much fun to to kind of think about and talk about because it, in in some sense they're both equally easy to do. I can say either one, but one can be immediately shown that I'm a charlatan. The other one. I can I can trick you at least long enough to when yeah. you get to eternity to see, mm-hmm. figure out that I'm that I was false. Right. So for him, for everyone to be to go, okay, well, the, you know, the harder thing is I guess to make him walk, and so he's like, all right, fine, and that, that's that's the last thing he does. It's like right. you know, all right, just to show you who I am, right. who I say I am, get up and walk. Yep. Uh, I thought it was such a such a neat moment, and you can could you imagine like the pin drop moment of that of mm-hmm. like as this yeah. man is like getting up and like walking through the dense crowd who the man couldn't walk prior. Yeah. It'd be an interesting moment. There's a great depiction of it in a show called the chosen. All right. So I, I knew you were going to bring this up. I started watching the chosen last night. Oh, I still amazing. haven't started watching Okay, it. there's two things. One, it's amazing. not appropriate for my kids. Um, it's not appropriate. The demon possessed woman would have been terrifying for my kids. I mean, they're going to have to, your kids are going to have to grow up at some point. They're going to have to realize right, the, okay, okay, the so world has oh, bad stuff. So, okay, so wait a minute, wait a minute. With that logic, uh, <laughs> th- why not start showing rated R movies at age four? Like you know, because Iron Man yeah, dies. Right. And <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's what we watch at our house. So, so I no. Th- my my daughter would so have sorry. been. My daughter would have really been overwhelmed. She would. She would have sitting up that night going, "Could that happen to me? That, yeah. Could that happen to me?" Yeah. She just would not been able to. to, to oh, wow. So I mean, I thought your kids were more mature than. <laughs> I thought they were like on the, on the like, level of the bashful. Let's rein it back in for a yeah. second. So, so this show is amazing. Is it? It's amazing. Oh. I watched three episodes and I can't stop watching it. Oh wow, Heather! Yeah. I've been telling him for like a year to I, watch I this, know. and I it's think, really good. I think and last he's just year not. you told me yeah. also. You're like, hey, you should really watch. You guys it. have and to I, watch it. I mean, I'll get to it. It takes these things we're talking about in the scriptures, and, and it's just it's done artistically. That's what I love about yeah. it. Yeah. It's not this robotic. So like, like I shouldn't watch it with my child. It, listen, I wouldn't watch it with you. I, okay. I wouldn't. The, that no, scene would be terrified. You'd have nightmares about it. I would watch it with scene. all my kids. Like, well, that's the only scene that I I would not watch. We with all the know kids how so you far. are. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, but the rest of it, there's been nothing else. That's that scene. I'm surprised that scary. you and Jeremy differ on this. Oh, we, I'm the conservative one by far, by far. On like what to show to the kids? Yeah. Just oh yeah. In life, he's, he's very conservative. <laughs> yeah. Like super. No, Jeremy's like you're gonna die. One, yeah, I don't know. You're like very serious with your kids a lot. I am. Like I, a lot of times when you use stories in yeah. your like sermon illustrations, like I'm thinking, what the heck, Jeremy? You don't say that to kids and oh, do I that do. to kids. I but, talk like, to kids all the time about death. Yeah. Um I talk. I, I I don't that that I don't I don't mind that at all. Uh, um, <laughs> I don't mind that. At I mean, all. I, look, I've told my kids. Listen, talk about yeah. listen. I told I, I told my daughter to the other day. Listen, if if you are going to be lazy, you're going to fail. 
all throughout life. God, you have, what's your you problem? Cannot, it's okay to be lazy every once in a while. Don't tell your kid that. Not, not, when, not when it comes to academics. It's not okay. Um, so I, I told, I, I made it very clear. Like there, there's, and, and I said, when you are lazy, I said, when you are lazy, there's two types of people, people who want to blame someone else for their laziness and people who take personal responsibility and yeah. asked her what she was doing. She goes, she said, I'm, I'm blaming you. I said, that's right. What do you need to do? She goes, I need to take responsibility. So like I am, I am, we have serious conversations. For our listeners, are- Jeremy has been trying to work through all this and years of counseling <laughs> And no, hopefully am, he will continue his. I am fully uh, confident with all therapy sessions L- to <laughs> maybe what, he can be a better grandpa what, one what, day. What I worry more about it's just because I know yeah, I know my Lord. I know my daughter I know and I know my son like I know that my son worries like uh like what if what if Satan coming is, is going to come and get me yeah right I yeah. know I know him and I know Claire would worry um about. About possession would be something she would dwell on forever, and we've talked about it. Like we read about it in Mark, and we, we've talked about it. But it's one thing to read about it and talk about it; it's another thing to visually see it. Okay, now that you all have hijacked my questions, yeah, sorry, sorry. and it's a great show, it is a great show. It is a great show. Watch the show, not with your kids, maybe. Who knows? Um, <laughs> it's fun. So I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to kind of talk about, um, you know, we are going to talk about Mark chapter one and two. So I wanted to kind of bring it to like modern day, like right now. So up and from one to cha- from chapter one to chapter two, I mean, all these subtitles, and if you read it, you know, you'll actually read the encounters of each one. Is pretty much Jesus gets baptized and he starts his ministry, and it's nothing but I mean, the story, you know, other than him choosing his disciples, he's healing people. So how does that look today? Um, let me let me back up for a second. You know. With I don't know if it's because of the pandemic and everything is just more things are being shared on social media, but the last few weeks, um, it seems like that I have seen a lot more um, pictures and videos in like communities and small towns of people who are like traveling ministers who are going to hold revivals in these towns and um, they're claiming and, and, you know, they're claiming to heal people and they're baptizing people and stuff. Um, so I wanted to kind of get your all's thought on, um, on like, how healing looked in the Bible and how it should look today. <laughs> okay. That's a great question. It is. I have a lot to say about that. I have uh, little to say about it. Okay. No, I have tons to say I'm about afraid, it. I'm afraid I'd take maybe... <clears throat> maybe so I'll, I'll Take it too far? No, 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 no. I don't oh, think okay. I'd take it. So I'm, I'm a skeptic, right? I'm a skeptic. Yeah. I think that... Um, I'm I'm highly, highly, highly skeptical uh, about anyone who would claim any healing. I think a lot of times this was to authenticate people. I mean, that's what Jesus says here in this passage in, in Mark, right? This is to show mm-hmm. that he is who he says he is. Um, there are some there are some odd texts uh, where Catholics would argue relics when they have something that belongs to I think it's a Peter, um, and someone gets healed uh, yeah. uh, by by holding onto his garment. Um, uh, so. So there is a, um, I, I think there there is an authentic, uh, that some of these healings are to authenticate who Jesus is and who his disciples were. I'm not saying that there aren't healings, um, but uh, I, I would I'd be much more hesitant to um, put a stamp of approval. I, I I would just I'm very weary. So the amount of healings that you read about in the Bible, in the Gospels, and in the Book of Acts is a small percentage. A very small percentage of the people who existed on the earth at that time, first yeah. of all. So I don't think it's a normative practice. Right. Um, and and even 
even if you if you kind of drill down and look at like Jeremy was saying, look at the motive behind it. Even even let's take for example this story of Jesus and the paralytic. He says, "Which is easier for me to forgive sins or for me to say, rise up, take your bed, and walk?" He clearly says the only reason he's healing his legs is so that he can prove that he's healed his soul. So the purpose of the healings is to authenticate who Jesus is, to authenticate that he's God in the flesh and has the power to forgive sins. Um, one healing he does, he goes and he heals Peter's mother-in-law. And when he heals Peter's mother-in-law, all these the word gets out and all these people come. Yeah. And um, and and they end up healing like late into the night. And Jesus gets up early the next morning and goes to pray. And Peter actually goes out and finds him. And he says, what are you doing out here? Everybody's looking for you. And in chapter, this is in Mark 1. Yeah. In verse 37, he says, everyone's looking for you. And Jesus' response is telling. It says, um, Jesus says to him, let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also, for that's why I came out. Jesus says, when he realizes there's mass crowds wanting to be healed somewhere, Jesus says, let's go to the next town. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave all these people because they want to be healed. They don't want the kingdom of God. They don't want to hear about repentance. They just want healing, so I'm going to go somewhere else. And and he says the reason I came is so I can preach, so I can preach the kingdom. Um, and so all the healing had to do with authenticating the message that Jesus was proclaiming. And so fast forward to today, um, Jesus is still the one who heals. Like I believe in healing, but I don't believe that I heal people. I point right. people to Jesus who can heal people because He's sovereign over all circumstances and situations. And so, like I can pray for someone. Um, I, I I don't negate the the practice of uh, the Bible tells to lay hands on and pray for people and pray for healing and all well, those I've seen things. You do I've even seen you use oil before. Yeah, yeah, I'll do yeah. all those things um, yeah. because there's symbols in that that the Bible calls us to. But ultimately, what we're doing is we're asking Jesus to heal someone. I'm not healing anybody. Right. Um, and if Jesus sees fit to, to heal, then then praise God. But if not, then then praise God also because He's sovereign. And I, I just think there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of hyper emotionalism that gets involved in yeah. these like healing services. Um, I think we can trick our minds into believing things we want to be true, even if they're not. Um, and I and I think there's a lot of charlatans out there too. So I, I think part of of when we when we say okay, what I think a lot of these people do. Is they look at they miss for why that they they have pain to begin with. So when Jesus is healing um, a man that's born blind, this is in John chapter nine. It says, as he passed by, he saw a blind man from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. So this is a hard pill to swallow, and I, anybody who would be going to revivals to be healed, I think this is a hard pill to swallow. The man had uh, a difficulty. Why? So, so God's might may be displayed in him. The healing displays something, but but God does something very similar to Paul when Paul says, "Hey, like I got this thorn in my side, can you remove it?" He says, "No, I'm gonna. I want you need to be humbled, and I need to be exalted in your weakness." And so I think that. Um, there's something to that. I think if, if our goal as Christians or as, as or people who preach under a tent somewhere and, and well, I don't know, anyways, um, who promise healings, um, if, if they're trying to display the might of God via healing, I think they've missed the point because the might of God can be displayed whether the person's healed or not. In fact, God says, right, that you have it so that his might may be displayed in him, whether you're healed or whether you're not. Um, so that through your weakness, you lean on his strength and where his strength can be exalted. When when your ministry is about something so temporal, 
Yeah. I think it's an insult to what God has actually called us to preach. Mm. He's called us to preach an eternal message. Yeah. The gospel is an eternal, uh, e- e- eternal life-giving um, message. And when we reduce it down to you'll have a better few years on this earth, I mean, in the scope of eternity, that's it's audacious and it's it's um i mean it's it's insulting it is and, and it's also insulting to the person who isn't healed right that's, yeah, yeah, i mean absolutely. what do you, what do you say to that person versus saying hey you know maybe god put you maybe it's maybe it sucks that you're in a wheelchair maybe it's painful but maybe it's for a purpose right so i i think you know and i'm sure that many other people have the same problem um you know i think for me just um you know, it's very hard to see people, um, I guess, be so gullible. Um, I, I don't know if gullible is the word or not, but... No, I mean, I think it is. Um, but, you know, they're wanting healing. And it's like these people who are claiming to be preachers and ministers of God are taking advantage of people going in different towns and stuff, um, doing this and holding these. And, you know... Kind of like the, the last thing that I want to talk about, talk about, you know, in the beginning of Mark, uh, when it's talking about John the Baptist preparing the way and stuff, um, you know, I know that people probably thought John, uh, John the Baptist was a, you know, false, false teacher. And, you know, we know that people thought Jesus was. Mm-hmm. Um, it just really worries me right now with everything that's going on in our country, in our state, in our communities. What's going on in the country? Seems like a great place right now. Shut up, Jeremy. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's just seen a little bit everywhere. I mean, and there's people like, you know, people are sharing videos of these people, um, these men going to these different towns and stuff, um, you know, saying that they're healing people in the name of Jesus. And um, it's really discouraging to me. And, you know, I know that this has been around forever. You know, sure. I watch these people on TV just like everybody else does. So it's not anything new. Um, I guess it's just when um, you see people that you love and care about um, kind of be taken advantage of by these people. It yeah. makes you really angry. And that's kind of like where I'm at right now. And I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to wrestle through that um, and talk to God a lot about it. Um, but I also wanted to kind of just get your all's feedback on it because, you know, I, I think that um, that now more than ever, probably, you know, um, we have more people who are looking to be healed and set free of things. Um, and the only way that that can be done is through and by Jesus. Um, yeah. It's not any anything that you all can do, no special talent or gift. Like when you were set forth to be a, a preacher, to be a pastor, like nobody like spit on you and gave you special powers. Um, you know, somebody oh, you probably know spit on you, but, yeah. um, you yeah. know, and you didn't like... I don't know. I just, so it's just it's. But there's um, there's clear there's clear exhortations to pastors in the scripture. So like one is to shepherd the flock of God that's among you. Yeah. There's there's a sense in which I can go and minister like in another church or another town, and that's fine. But but my primary goal is like okay, the people that I'm preaching to in that town that I'm not in, um, are you in a local church there? Yeah. Because you need to have local authority, elders that that you're submitting to and learning from and growing with. And the, the problem I have with a lot of these cats that are just, like, kind of itinerant, it, especially the healing ones, is, like, they're, quote-unquote, healing people. They're leading people on with this, this like, hyper-emotional type of experience. And yeah. then they're, a lot of times they're not even getting their name. 
let yeah. alone a contact number or any way to follow up with them yeah. and disciple them. Well, okay, the Great Commission is to make disciples, not to go have an experience with someone and then move on. Yeah. You don't do them any favors by giving them this false sense that they've experienced Jesus and then they're and then they're just dropped off. It's like they're a number and, in a and line. And I know that not know? all of these guys would, would do that, but a lot of them do. And one of the things I've heard often when, when it comes to this kind of like healing ministry type thing is that um, – you know, they'll quote where, where Jesus says, all the things that you've seen me do, greater will you do in my name. Mm-hmm. So so you you look at the Greek language. What What is actually written when Jesus says, greater works will you do? It's it's not greater in quality. It's greater in quantity. It's it's you're going to you're going to do more amounts of things. And he's speaking to the vast reach of the church that it's going to Jesus. Jesus never left his immediate geographic region. And so what he's speaking to is his church is going to be built around the globe, and his kingdom right. is going to be expansive. He's not saying you're going to do more miraculous things than him. Of course not. You're not going to raise from the dead. Yeah. You're not. You're not going to like. You're not going to cast out demons like he did. He's he's God, and you're not. So he's not saying you're going to do cooler things than I did. He's saying that that the reach of his kingdom is going to be expansive and exponential. And when we take that in English and say, "Oh, well, everything Jesus did, I can do because I have His Spirit in me." Well, no, that's that's borderline blasphemous, and I think in some cases it is blasphemous to say that you can you can do what Jesus does. You can't, and that, and that's just to me that's just offensive to say. Like, yeah, to, no, it's, for people to minister and say I can do what Jesus does because I love Jesus. Yeah, that's why I don't like. What would Jesus do? Right, I can't do what Jesus does. Uh, well, I, there's a lot that. Yeah, what would Jesus do? He would he die for your sin. I can't do it. He'd cast out demons. He'd heal people. Yeah. He would not eat bacon. Yeah, right. Or get a tattoo. That's a good point. So I mean, there's lots of things that Jesus <laughs> did that I can't or won't, and then there's lots of things Jesus didn't do that I'll that yeah. I'll you know. Well, I, will. I think the answer is He would love first, isn't that the new yeah, bracelet? I, I he think would love I think first? that's typically what people mean H-W-L-F. by HWLF. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think so. Part of there's a new bracelet that says that. I know that's what I just said. Yeah. Um, I, I think got one. Part of the issue of goes beyond just the uh, the healing it? crowd. I think there is this experiential right expectation that that a lot of Christians have, whether it's I should experience some sort of healing, but you ex- you see this I need experience to authenticate, not just in the name it claim it healing crowd. You see it in mainstream Christianity, to where people have to have a um, have a chills at church. You have to have some sort of experience to authenticate something. I've had people say, I'm waiting for God to tell me something. And they don't Looking mean for that God's going to be like, yeah, yeah this big fuzzies sign, in the belly ju- or something. Yeah. Um, and so it's, I find it fascinating that I think you have an extreme people healing other individuals and or it, thinking that's the expectation versus I need some other smaller experience to authenticate a faith or, or to give me some sort of answer to a question. And so I think there's a just a, a great, deep, unhealthy desire to experience something um that is mystical yeah so, and i good. think i think you can see it on both sides man that was good yeah all right i think that's going to wrap us up rock on um if you guys have any questions about what we discussed today other than the dumb stuff um dumb stuff works i mean listen i i love dumb questions i i'm talking about when you were acting dumb and um oh. <laughs> You're yeah, talking about so like TikTok things. questions. Yeah. I mean, what? No. I mean, like if people want to see more TikToks from, you can follow me on TikTok at the germ. I don't know. Is that how they do it there? Oh my God. Is, that, yeah. <laughs> is there an at symbol? Yeah, there's an at symbol. Yeah, the germ. Follow me on TikTok. 
All right. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, we'll be back in a few weeks with a new podcast. See ya.